It's very important. Get wins, build credibility, build trust. Putting points on the board, no different than like you're a rookie on a sports team and you want to get off the bench. This is the Anonymous Marketer, a podcast where we tackle the biggest questions from the B2B marketing community. But instead of bringing on guests for a quick chat, every question comes from an anonymous source. These are the questions B2B marketers have but are afraid to ask. Let's start the conversation. Hey, I'm Nick Bennett, and I'm excited to get into this episode and dive into some of the new anonymous questions that we received. But before we get into it, I want to do my part and highlight our supporters. In fact, the average employee sends around 10,000 emails per year. That means a company with 100 employees sends over 1 million emails annually. That's 1 million missed opportunities to showcase your brand, grow your funnel, and close more deals. OpenSense turns every employee email into a beautifully branded targeted ad channel that returns 4 to 7% CTR on average. Now, the best part, it's one simple platform to manage email signatures, promote upcoming events, distribute content, and more on Outlook and Gmail. No manual work, no tedious targeting, just better campaigns all at scale. Sign up for a demo at OpenSense.com and get 10% off today. If you're a marketer, it's likely you have attribution data spread across spreadsheets, your CRM, your marketing automation platform, and other places. With data all over the place, it's hard to understand what drives the highest quality leads. And that's why I want to tell you about HockeyStack. After adding one single line of code to your website, HockeyStack gives your company the ability to turn your marketing, sales, revenue, and product data into a unified picture. HockeyStack provides the analytics and attribution data your B2B company actually deserves. Get a free trial, and in five minutes, you can start using the product. Sign up today at HockeyStack.com. As marketers, we want to create content that enables our sales team to win deals. But 70% of the content that we create for sales never gets used. It's a waste of time and energy. But it doesn't have to be this way. And that's why you should know about Alego. Alego is an all-in-one sales enablement platform designed to help revenue teams reach their full potential. Alego makes it easy for sellers to share content in the field with the right context. And it helps drive sales and marketing alignment. It increases collaboration. It optimizes messaging. And more importantly, it gets you more closed one deals. To learn more, visit alego.com. Welcome to The Anonymous Marketer. I'm your host, Nick Bennett. And today we're going to explore a few questions around short-term, long-term marketing plays and what levers to pull and also what to do if your VCs or whoever's investing in your company doesn't uh, have the right indicators or, or plan in mind. And I have someone to help me out, my old friend, actually my new friend or my current friend, my old boss, a mentor, someone that knows this inside and out, Pete Lorenko. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, Nick. Thanks for the opportunity to share the space with you. Ah, cool. Yeah, so to get us started, let's talk. over a cold, so bear with me everywhere. It's all right. We won't hold it against you. To get started, let's talk about how we got these questions. So the two questions today came from our website. In order to submit a question for the show, go to motionagency.io slash anonymous. You'll see a form where you can submit your most pressing questions. Nothing's off the table. And 
you know, I think the reason I group these ones together is because in economic uh, difficulties like we're going through in, in the tech world, it's actually really good for marketers to think about, you know, short-term, long-term mindsets and how to actually work better with sales. And Pete, I knew you'd provide an interesting perspective because you've experienced this from both sides. So let's jump into the first anonymous question. And a couple of things to keep in mind with this anonymous source. This person works at a mid-market AI software company. They work on a marketing team of five people. And the question is, how do you balance short-term versus long-term marketing plays? Example, I have execs asking me for ideas or of levers to pull to increase lead flow in the short term. That's a great question to consider, but many of these ideas would take resources from long-term efforts like content creation. So Pete, I'm going to kick it over to you to give some initial thoughts there. Yeah, so great question. Team of five trying to balance short-term and long-term to get more leads. So the way I think of this is, you know, first and foremost, if you're being asked to generate increased leads, which I assume means you're likely being challenged to create pipeline and revenue as well. I will make that assumption for this purpose of this call, Nick. I would say, I think most importantly, first and foremost, executing short wins is important. Whether you're a new hire, whether you recently started like you and I did, Nick, in our roles, or you've been in a role for six months, a year plus, figuring out the short-term things you can do to increase lead flow, I think always from my perspective, is the first and most important thing because that builds momentum, that builds credibility, that helps you get points on the board. And we're in a new year. I, you know, you and I are talking in January. I think doing that earlier in the year and maybe starting to shift your mindset in the middle of the year to later year to other strategies has always been a, a big approach that I've been a fan of. So like if I were in, the, in this person's shoes, I would be thinking about from a short-term perspective, I'm being challenged to increase lead flow and ultimately increase pipeline revenue, I'd be looking at things like, how do I improve our SEO efforts? How can I improve paid search? I'd be looking at like short tail keyword strategies versus long tail keyword strategies. If I've been running a lot of like content syndication or lead gen strategies, I'd be looking at the conversion rates of those types of things. And how can I potentially improve those conversion rates? Or can I shift from maybe some of that traditional lead gen to other strategies Maybe it's like conversion rate optimization on landing pages or other things where I can try to capture existing demand and try to get to pipeline and revenue and leads quicker. As I'm building that momentum over really a 90-day period, that's kind of how I like to look at things is in 90-day in windows because just too much changes in business is too fast. As we're progressing, I like to come up with like growth hypothesis. So in my hypothesis, if we focus on these three bets for paid search, I can achieve X. What I'm measuring of those 90 days is the metrics or the indicators on are we, are we hitting that hypothesis? Growth strategies, like if we think we can increase a landing page conversion from 1% to 2, here are the three things that we want to test or the hypothesis that we think if we do these things, like shorten the form or whatever, it's going to result in J. And Nick, you remember from our house days, like that was sort of how we approached it. We had these big bets. We had these quick hit type things that we believe we need to do, and we'd execute those things. After that period of time where we're getting points on the board, and Nick, if you also remember, I think you can keep me honest here in a second. When we would do our planning, we kind of looked at it as we had our like our demand creation or our demand capture strategies that were the quick hitters. And those were things like paid search, paid social, organic social. Like we had certain buckets that we prioritized as we know we have to create leads. We know to have sales help get pipeline. Let's go prioritize those things and those things now. Actually, a fun story, Nick, if you remember when I first joined Alice about two years ago, we had our big universe conference 
And I had the entire team stop everything else you were working on. You probably all thought I was crazy. And our entire strategy became, how do we get as many butts in seats for universe? So we optimized our organic strategy. We optimized our lead gen strategy and we crushed it. I think we like doubled, if I'm not mistaken, doubled or tripled our, our registration count from the year before. And we had massive pipeline impact, et cetera. And now think about like how quick my credibility and just the momentum and I think overall team morale benefits. And Nick, again, you can keep me honest. By, but just having that surgical focus was key. And then really for balancing long-term, it's as you're getting those wins, as you're increasing lead flow, as you're starting to get traction, that is where I would build a business case for, hey, our hypothesis is if we go invest in a podcast or if we go invest in doing community stuff or whatever it might be that you're thinking, doesn't mean you stop doing those short-term plays or those short-term hypotheses, but now you're starting to supplement it with longer-term strategies. So that's how I always like to think about it. And I'd wrap it up by saying, I'm of a big believer because I've made this mistake in past lives that waiting for inbound or waiting for leads to come in can crush a business, especially if you're a startup. So I've always been a big believer of figure out what you can do to kind of run the faucet, if you will, keep the lights on. And then once you've kind of got things in a better place, then start getting more creative about the campaigns or the brand bets or the investments you can make that's going to help you maybe reduce your CAC over time and bring people to you through better content community and things like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you. And I feel like, I mean, you mentioned we're both in, in new roles as well. And like, that's the piece that I'm trying to figure out right now. How can I balance both short term? I mean, we have lead gen goals that we're trying to tackle that are definitely pretty high. And it's also how do you balance the longer term plays? And, and a good example of that is, you know, we're creating this creator studio and how do we ultimately get it to a place where people want to collaborate with others. Think of it like an art studio where people go to collaborate with others. They then distribute that art at art shows or offices or homes or whatever. And those are the channels of distribution. And ultimately, we want to empower the creators to create something. Now, this isn't going to be something that will happen tomorrow. Ideally, we create a crawl, walk, run approach where in you know, Q2, we got the crawl and Q3, we're walking, Q4, we're running. And ultimately, we, we become a well-oiled machine. However, I can't wait till Q4 to start to you know, do a lot of these things. There's the short-term wins that I absolutely need. And it's through, honestly, the relationships that I've built in partnering with people, whether it's through an event-led growth strategy or whether it's through community efforts or organic or paid social. We're actually, we're launching this new series or season two called Aventions. I'm hosting the first one in a couple of weeks. And basically it's on like partner-led go-to-market strategies. And so how do you bring the smartest people in the room and ultimately talk about all these things? And I feel like it's a great way to get some short wins, ultimately take that content because the person said that this takes away from, you know, long-term stuff like content creation. I think that creating micro content honestly is the way that people prefer to learn, to watch stuff, to listen to stuff nowadays. There'll always be that, you know, longer stuff. But personally, I enjoy short form video. It's just the way that I consume a lot of the content that I watch now. And if you can take a couple of your existing stuff that's out there and chop it up in a variety of ways, I mean, there's no shortage of things that you could do with it. It will help in a lot of different areas that will give you those short-term wins that hits those lead goals while balancing the long-term strategy of it. Yep. So like, I'm curious to your thoughts there. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, I feel like the crawl walk one, you and I have talked about several times in one-on-one meetings. You know, I think one last thing I would 
kind of bring up, Nick, that's worth this person thinking about is if part of the reason why you're asking that question is you're not, I know there's a lot of talk on different social platforms, et cetera, about kind of like lead gen or MQLs versus like demand generation. We love all our debates at B2B marketers. You know, if you're sitting there trying to figure out how do you move from like a lead gen orientation to more of like a true demand gen model, here's my my challenge to you. And Nick, if you recall, we did this at Alice. Start by executing these short-term plays. Get some wins on the board and start measuring and, and having clarity that you can walk your leadership team through, your board and whoever your audience is in terms of, hey, we're running these things. Here are the conversion rates. Here's what we're learning. Here's what we're seeing. And by the way, I'm doing this in my role right now. So we we run a bunch of webinars. We run a bunch of events. We run some syndication. We've got these inbound strategies, demand, you know, capture strategies like paid search. And we're measuring the conversion rates of those different strategies. And, you know, one of the hypotheses we're learning that I had kind of coming into this role was this strategy won't scale long-term. Otherwise, and the only way it would is we'd have to just exponentially continue to spend tons of money in order to try to continue to maintain the pace of weeds that we need. Now, conversely, if you start to then, if your hypothesis and part of the reason why I asked this question is if we invest in these long-term things and we build a brand that people want to follow and we're really helpful, and there's a bunch of brands, I think, doing this exceptionally well, then I think your opportunity is then you can start, you can almost take one of those long-term ideas. Let's just say, Nick, it's like what you're doing at Airmeet that you were talking about. And what you start to show is treat it like a short-term idea. So it's all of a sudden run three, I forget what you call it, like eventables or something, but run three or four episodes. Maybe treat them like webinars. Get your leads from those. Nurture them, do whatever you do. And then start to show what your conversion rates are and what your metrics are from like your current lead flow short-term plays versus maybe this longer-term kind of big bet. And all of a sudden, like, and Nick, I know you know where I'm going this, but we can start to start you're building a business case for just another way that you can help inform your your boss or, or audience around, yeah, I may not agree, but I'm committed. My commitment is I'm going to go execute these short-term things to try to help the business, create leads, create pipeline, get points on the board. I also have this hypothesis that these long-term bets are going to help the business long-term reduce costs. I'm going to test one of them, almost like a short-term play. I'll do that by only running two or three episodes or one event. And then what I'm going to do for you is almost like a, comp- a before and after. The before is these short-term plays, conversion rates, metrics, results. The, a- you know, the after, the comparison is, here's my long-term bet. Here's my one or two tests of it. Nick, like, I don't know how you think about that, given your role and some of the stuff you're talking about around events and creators. And, but I think that's a really interesting idea that this person could run with as a way to kind of balance short-term and long-term and almost test out the theory. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I've been thinking more of so of like, how can you pilot a few things? Amazon did something, I forget when it was. It was I don't know if it was recently, but I remember reading about it where they basically created a pilot of a few different shorts. It was like the original series, uh, different types of things. And then they had people vote on it. So they ran a lead capture through the email of capturing people's email to vote on it. They only created one episode of, uh, I think it was like five or six shows or something like that. And people voted and then those shows, what the people wanted, ultimately went into production. And so I think that's a great way to like think about, cool, we get these short wins, we put some things out there, we bring the community aspect into it. 
And then we balance the longer plays as they go into production to do longer, you know, maybe it's a five to six episode series or whatever it is. And then you ultimately bring more people in and you have like kind of like ultimately this first cohort that's like a player coach type thing, ultimately embracing all the people that will then come on later and it starts to be a well-oiled machine. Yeah, no, I I love the idea. I kind of think of like, what you probably do with LinkedIn with all your content you're producing similar, right? Like you started with a, with posting, you start to see what sticks and you kind of adjust it as you went. I think that's very much the same mindset that we're discussing here is you can still have a long-term goal and hypothesis of the things you want to do. And there could be ways to your point, Nick, whether it's these video shorts and you commit to doing five and you run a test, but you treat it as yes, it's a long-term big bet you want to do but you figure out a way to cut it into a, maybe a like short-term experiment, get learnings and help justify doing it long-term. I, I actually think that's, you're giving me ideas that I can probably potentially go implement myself. But yeah, I think I would wrap it up by saying, ultimately, get the wins first. Like if you're being asked to do it, there's probably a reason that you may not be aware of. So maybe, you know, one other opportunity for this person is figure out what those goals are. Like figure out why it's being asked more than likely there's a reason. Go get those points on the board. Maybe if you want to do some long-term bets, figure out how you can convert one of those to Nick and my points around. And I really like Nick's idea. Uh, maybe you can turn that into a short-term experiment. But as you're getting those quick wins, I think then you can start to build that case for investing in those longer-term bets. And then showing the before and after, showing the comparison of like the short-term plays versus the longer-term and how that impacts pipeline, how it impacts leads. That's going to be a really compelling story. You're probably going to have a really good uh, story to tell. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. Let's get into the second question before we, we wrap things up. So the next question, you know, a couple of things to keep in mind with this anonymous source. This person works at a cybersecurity company, actually. The company has between 200 and 500 employees, so I'd say like mid-market. And the person works on a marketing team of 10 to 25 people. I know that's a big window, but more than 10, less than 25. So the question from this anonymous source is, What do you do when your VCs or partners who are funding your company want to focus on marketing indicators rather than revenue? Indicators can be anything from website visits, page views, social followers, downloads, et cetera. The issue that this person's running into is we're not looking at what is actually driving revenue. This is causing marketing to be less aligned with sales and is creating deeper silos. So, I mean, I have lots of thoughts there because everyone preaches sales and marketing alignment. However, when you have your board and and people that are investing in your company telling you to do one thing, like, I mean, we've experienced this. So like, you know, what would you, what would you tell people? Do you want to start first or do you want me? Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, I want to get your thoughts because I feel like you bring it from someone that has been in board meetings before that has dealt with VCs and investors. I have not done that. So I want to get your thoughts and I can kind of give you like, from a marketing approach, like what I think. Yeah, so I, it's tricky. And there's maybe other leaders there that might listen to this or might have a different view. I'm not the most experienced person with boards, but I've got some. So in my experience, I kind of think of this very similar to our last conversation or the last question, if you will. And that is initially, I kind of view this mindset of commit, like we agree to disagree, but I'm going to commit for a period of time. And I might agree to that for three months or six months. And what I mean by that is I'm going to deliver on those things for a period of time. 
very much the same mindset. Like I'm going to go execute and get quick wins or short-term focus first, get points on the board and kind of build credibility and trust with the board or credibility and trust with my boss, the CEO that earns me the right to start to challenge or maybe offer up alternative viewpoints in the future. Otherwise it becomes kind of a, my opinion is this and your opinion is that. And oh, by the way, you're the marketing guy and they're the board. And I think we all know who's going to likely win that. So really from my experience, at least what's worked for me, it's I apply the mindset first and foremost of even if I, in the deepest of my soul, disagree, I'm going to commit and I'm going to indicate that I'm committed. I might even, I think actually with one of my former bosses, I, my exact words were, I disagree with the goals and the outline that we have here, but I'm going to commit. And we like wrote it down and like agreed to it so we could come back to it. Now, the way I would approach this is, like I said, it's very similar to short term. I would align and start delivering on those things. I would measure and I would start to build a story around over that three months or six months or whatever that commitment is of how we're doing against those metrics. Now, as I'm starting to develop those learnings, very much to that example of Nick we were sharing of like, let's just say I'm trying to show in my current role, this is the way that we did everything last year. So in 2022, our way of generating leads was these five strategies. Those five strategies drove X number of web traffic, X number of leads, and the conversion rate of those leads to st- opportunities was J and the conversion of pipeline revenue was K. I've got a decent story to tell there in terms of like, now I have hypotheses around lead volume, quality of web traffic, conversion rates. And then what I would start to do is I would start to shift the conversation after a few months in terms of, hey, I believe if we start focusing on these things, so shifting from maybe lead volume to quality. And the way I believe that we can improve conversion rates is to shift from casting this wide audience net. So let's just say, instead of going after any company, a thousand employees or less, I believe if we narrow in based on customer research, et cetera, that we should go after like 500 to a thousand only healthcare. That would be something I'd bring to the board and say like, we executed your strategy. We, we focused on getting as many people to our website or as many page views. But what we're learning is like, we're casting too broad of an audience. They're not converting because the pages aren't relevant, yada, yada, yada. I would present that hypothesis and I would ask for like a period of time to do it. That's one strategy that I've done. And assuming I built some trust and credibility because of the metrics I was delivering on, I've had success and them saying like, sure, like go and execute that. Here's like the greed, like guardrails. And I would suggest what those guardrails are as the person bringing that idea and try to get buy-in. There's another strategy though, at least another one to consider. The other is measure those metrics and commit to doing whatever activities or actions you need to do to achieve those. And then you could also separately kind of execute very similar to that, that long-term ideas, Nick, we were talking about that you, some of the ideas you brought up, you could also have one or two like ideas that you're thinking that you could do. Maybe it's measuring X or doing K and you could run those sort of in parallel to the metrics and stuff that you're being measured and held to. And maybe at some point when you believe you've built some credibility and trust, you can raise some of those insights as well. So rather than like waiting for permission or seeking permission, you after like a period of two or three months come in and say, oh, by the way, I've been measuring this on the side. Here's the insights that I've gathered. Here's my hypothesis. My recommendation is K. 
can we get some agreement that over the next two or three months, we'll shift our focus from website visits and page views to W. So I've done it both ways, depending on who the leader is or my boss or boss's guidance, because every board's different, every boss is different. And you know, ultimately you got to satisfy both. But for me, I would summarize it by first and foremost, I would absolutely, positively, 100%, I would focus on delivering and building some trust with that board of credibility by measuring those things and kind of achieving what they're asking me to. And I would just try to get some confirmation on both sides of like, what's a reasonable timeline. And then either or, I would either start to build my own hypothesis on the side in terms of measurements or things I need to go do. And I would start to figure out when I can present those and what my hypothesis would be if we executed those strategies, if we shifted from a web visit, page view, social follower kind of KPIs to qualified leads, qualified pipeline, whatever it might be. Same thing for like tactics. If we're shifting from like traditional lead gen, get an ebook, syndicate that to a thousand different people with maybe a really broad TAM definition. Now I want to really get down to like demand creation strategies and get really refined to my TAM. I'd present that hypothesis as well. But I would do it after a period of time of kind of getting quick wins. So I'm going to pause. Nick, you might think that's silly and stupid, but based on my experience, that's kind of, I think of treating a board very much like how I think about a boss. And it's, if that's what they're being asked to do, I may not agree, but I'm going to commit to doing it for a period of time, start to develop my own learning hypothesis from the things that we're doing, and then suggest maybe a better way. But at that point, I've built credit. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I completely agree with you because like, like I said, I haven't been in that situation where I'm dealing directly with the board or investors or anything like that, at least not yet. But whenever my boss comes to me, and I mean, you've been, you've come before, like where you've been in those meetings, then you say, hey, listen, we need to do X, Y, Z. Cool. I'm on board. Even if I don't believe with it, like, I mean, I trust your judgment. If you say this is something that we need to do or we need to focus on, yeah, you know, it's short. Cool. I'll, I'll think about it and I'll think about how we then flex that to something that is more important or how does it ultimately impact? Because, you know, so many people preach sales and marketing alignment and there's, there's silos in every company, regardless if you want to admit it or not. And if you create deeper silos, you're going to wonder why sales doesn't care what marketing is doing and marketing doesn't care what sales is doing. You're both blaming each other. And I believe uh, we've been in similar situations where, you know, you could say, hey, marketing's driving 70% of the pipeline in, um, you know, revenue from inbound. Cool. But how come sales isn't converting on it? Are they not, you know, are they not, are we not connected well enough? Are we not joining the, the same calls? Are we not aligned? But it comes back to ultimately measuring what matters. And also, I think coming together in measuring what matters, not marketing saying, cool, I'm going to go do this, sales going to do whatever they do. Why not the leaders come together and ultimately measure together what matters? Yeah, I mean, totally. I, I think building off of that, Nick, maybe when it was you working for me, or in this case, you know, boards telling you to do X and you're unsure of it, you know, one of the idea, which I myself probably could benefit from putting into practice as well more, is seek to understand if you're unsure. So if you're being told, go do website visits or page views or social follows, like those are the metrics that they really want you to focus on. If you're unsure why, ask. Try to get, ask questions, dig deeper into why they think those metrics matter most. I think it would be very telling 
what those things are. It might help inform future hypotheses or future ways you think about presenting your story in the future. So that would be something that I've kind of learned instead of like dictating and bringing my own views and biased opinions to things, stepping back, seeking to understand, and then using that understanding to help build a better approach in the future. That's, I think, something that would benefit this person a lot if they're unsure kind of why that is. Yep. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you 100%. Cool. So, you know, we've, we've answered these two questions and in, in kind of this last piece, in like 60 to 90 seconds, you know, I want to capture one big takeaway for the audience that's listening that kind of connects the dots between the two questions that were posted in the episode. So like, what is like one big takeaway for people listening that you would recommend? I think my two would be whether you're debating short-term or long-term strategies against goals you're being asked to achieve or you're being told you should be measuring X, Y, and Z, and you're not sure you should be focused on those things. I think I would suggest two things. One, first and foremost, if you're unclear why you're being asked to do those things, seek to understand, ask questions, try to get more into the heads of why. I, I kind of wish I brought that up on the earlier question. I think then secondly, it's very important, get wins, build credibility, build trust. Putting points on the board, no different than like you're a rookie on a sports team and you want to get off the bench. When you get your playing time, your objective is to make the most of that playing time, whether it's put the ball in the net, make a big defensive stop. That is your focus when you're on the field or court or you know whatever it might be. I think the same thing in any of these roles, marketing, sales, otherwise, deliver on those expectations for an agreed upon period of time. You may disagree, but commit, deliver, and then get learnings. Take those learnings, develop your own hypothesis, and then with that credibility and trust you build, then you can start to suggest or maybe offer alternative ways to do things. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, I agree with you. That was actually going to be my big takeaway as well. It's like, don't, don't be afraid to, to ask questions or even push back. I mean, ultimately, uh, you know, if you have to agree with something because it's your boss or your board saying that, like, cool, but like, all like, don't be afraid to to ultimately like push back a little bit if you need to, or ask the questions for clarification. Just because someone tells you to to go do something, or like, hey, like we need to focus on short term instead of long term, or the the VCs or board is asking us to only focus on these indicators. Like, it's okay as a marketer to ask why to your um to better understand what's what's the vision here. What do we actually want to accomplish? What are the outcomes that we're looking to achieve from this? That's 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 yeah, what I would. Ask. I, I wrap this up by saying, fun fact: I would tell Nick to do things all the time in our last role, and Nick never would do them. But in your credit, I think the thing you always did well, Alice, was if you were unsure, you would text me, you'd pick up the phone, you'd call me, we would discuss it. I mean, we defined your whole. Your new role at Alice before, for your current role, was built off. We had ideas. We talked it through over a period of time. We were, you know, I was unsure, but you had a hypothesis. We worked through that hypothesis over a period of time. And we got to the point where both of us were committed and we did it. And I think that's a really good example of like, we had debates. I asked you to do things. You didn't always agree. We talked it through. We worked it through. You seek to understand. I think you do it really well. And for both of these questions, your point of like really seeking to understand is so important because you don't, sometimes you just don't know and it's easy to misread a situation or it's easy to have a biased opinion that 
Wow, you might be right. You also, by the way, may be wrong. Absolutely. Amazing. Well, Pete, thank you so much for joining me today. And I just want to give a big shout out to Motion for producing the show. If you do have any questions that you want to submit anonymously, visit motionagency.io slash anonymous. And until next time, we will catch you later. Peace. Thanks for checking out this episode of The Anonymous Marketer. For more episodes, check us out wherever you get your favorite podcasts or visit us on the web at motionagency.io slash anonymous. And finally, this show is produced by Motion, a done-for-you podcast agency for small, scrappy B2B tech marketers. To learn how you can launch and grow a podcast for your company, visit motionagency.io.